Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck, which is about a duck who is an inspiration to heroes everywhere. Recipient of the Key of the City, ticker tape parade haver, adoring fan club muse, beloved of cheerleaders everywhere. Uh, oh no! Wait, that's Gizmo Duck. Darkwing gets—I don't—I don't know—some pocket lint or something. And today we get to talk all about that dysfunctional duo's chemistry in our episode on Tiff of the Titans. Da, which uh, is our first episode with Gizmo Duck that we get to talk about on the past on the uh, whatever this is—the pasta, the podcast, pasta cast. <laughs> pasta cast where we uh, nothing but rigatoni 24 7 so that's it's pretty great it's pretty good i was very pleased with this one i actually downloaded the disney plus app to my phone Ooh. have to remember to watch it when i wasn't when i would have to watch it on my computer versus on my phone wherever i am so i had the power of disney in my pocket let me tell you it was pretty pretty powerful it annoys me because Disney is so so sneaky that you can't take screenshots of anything on anything. I'm like, oh, I could take a screenshot on my phone, and it just is a blank screen. <laughs> Damn you! What if I was like, oh, these are so good. I'm pausing in such great places. I've got nothing. <laughs> Not a single gizmo face. I got some good screenshots. <clears throat> good. Please, sh- uh, you shared a, a bunch of them with me, and I will certainly share them with our listeners as well speaking of listeners i would just like to uh top of the episode here discuss the results of a poll that i posted in uh or on our twitter so in our episode on life the negaverse and everything i posted a poll about whether a uh, launchpad would be able to tell Darkwing from uh, negaduck if it was a black and white picture and we had quite a few people respond and we had a tie between, of course he would know who was who, and never in a million years would he know who was who. <laughs> but I think the one that won is really the only true answer, which is he'd pick the one with food. So. How many people voted? Ten. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. So, we all seem to agree that Launchpad would be inclined like a puppy. Torn between two owners, going, come to the one you love the most. He would go to the one that has a cheeseburger in its hand. It would be Goslin. She'd have the cheeseburger. <laughs> it would. It, it it most certainly would. Yeah, so we have any other business to get into, or are we just going to dive right in here? We did get one letter. I want to say it was medium length, so I don't know if we want to save that for our next listener mail exclusive episode or did we want to add that on i feel like this is going to be a pretty long episode because you have a lot to say about gizmo deck yeah i had four pages of notes like five minutes in so <laughs> we could save that we could save that for next time <laughs> okay so we'll, we'll hold off on the mail because i feel like this episode will be two hours long if we do the mail and <laughs> And everybody stretch your legs, make sure you're comfortable. <laughs> Put your finger on that pause button if you need to. <laughs> Thank you for whoever sent that letter. I am not aware of that letter. 
Okay, so we will get down to business here. As stated at the end of last episode, uh, this is Tiff of the Titans. If you're watching on Disney+, Plus, it is season one, episode 71, with the description of Beakpuss attempts the theft of a super attack bomber. Is it Beakpuss again? Seriously? Yeah, well, yes, it, 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 what, that was the episode that had Beak Puss as his name. Oh, for some reason it just I thought was, it was the last one. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was just Destiny that this was the one that got picked. <laughs> so we get uh, a round two of Beak Puss back-to-back episodes. Mm-hmm. So our episode here is, is opening up, coming in hot with the exterior shot of... Do I get to do the, a summary? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to jump ahead here. Go You're for so it. You're so excited. You're so ready to just dive into the world of mostly Gizmo Duck. <laughs> I my summary is basically that I think it's interesting we did bad tidings last week, which was essentially Steelbeak pits two characters against each other, namely Darkwing and the person he's forced to work with, and they don't realize that Steelbeak is manipulating them in the background. And that is essentially what happens in this episode too, but Grizzly Cough is substituted for Gizmoduck. It really is. It's just <laughs> rehashed. It's basically the same thing, only one of the players has changed. Yeah. And we get Goslin and Launchpad, a little bit of them mixed in there. Yes. Not just the Drake and fill-in-the-blank show. And also, can we talk um, about when I showed you the title for this in German for a moment? Because I thought that was amazing. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. So I think I've mentioned previously that I managed to get DVD quality of all the episodes that were not released on DVD, but for some reason, their German, like the visuals are taken obviously from a German version of it because title of the episode is German, but the audio is English. So I guess somebody just swapped the audio out. But it's fun because it means that we get some very interesting titles. So this one was Eisenbeeb Plant Ein Grobes Ding. I'm so sorry to the people of Germany because I know I'm probably not even close. But, but I went through the translation because I was like, I wonder what that means. So I put it into Google Translate and it was Eisenbeeb is planning a big thing. And I was like, who's Eisenbeeb? So I typed it in and it's Iron Bite, which is Steelbeak. Mm. So it translates over to Iron Bite is planning a big thing. <laughs> it doesn't say what. He's just planning a big thing. That is the name but of I'll, this episode. I'll tell you what, it's big. It's a big one. He's planning it. Old <laughs> um, Eisenbeam. All right, now He's... let us continue. Continuing on. So we open our episode here, I guess, in preparation of the big thing of an exterior shot of an army base. And do you know why I know it's an army base? Because it's deserted? Because it has a big sign that says army base on it. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> it's leaving nothing to the imagination. So, yeah, so we, we don't start in St. Canard. We are somewhere, I guess, possibly Duckburg. So at the army base, we have the Eggmen infiltrating, but they're driving around in a giant egg tank. Mm -hmm. It's a tank that's shaped like an egg, and it's just got little um, track wheels on the side. And I'm not going to lie, it's adorable. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really very cute. 
And it's, I really feel like it's not even 30 seconds into the episode before Gizmoduck shows up. Immediate gratification. Because he just bursts in because Eggmen are coming to do their, their whole big thing. And uh, my first thought of the episode is that this is the version of the gizmo suit where he has... All right, let's backtrack here. So in DuckTales, Gizmo Duck's arm pieces, he has an upper sleeve and then the gauntlet, and the upper sleeve is black. And that's the suit that he has through DuckTales until the episode Attack of the Metal Mites, where the Metal Mites eat gizmo suit and i think that might be the last appearance of the gizmo suit because that's like his last episode presumably that there's going to be another one built which i had always assumed was this one but this one has white upper sleeves and i gotta say does not look as snappy i don't like it as much the black upper sleeve really classes it up a little bit so anyway that's my initial thought here on I, don't, I didn't even notice that there's a difference between the two designs, which goes to show you how observant I am. The only thing that I made as an observation is that it starts out with him hiding beneath a tarp and he surprises the egg. <laughs> oh, yes. And I was guessing how long was he there for? And I want to say knowing Gizmo Duck, he probably received some sketchy time frame. So he was probably under that tarp for like three days. And I was wondering. Hours. If, <laughs> and I was wondering if the Gizmo suit has a toilet or like what he did. And... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because they're coming to steal the egret, which is this, I guess, supposed super attack bomber. And it's in the shape of the egret, but it lifts up. And of course, it's just Gizmoduck. And he announces himself in his usual sing song. And they just lob a grenade at him. <laughs> they just immediately like, well, chuck it at him. Just open fire. They throw a grenade at him and then just unload on him. Everybody's got guns. They yes. just start shooting. They're merciless. <laughs> right out of the gate. They're like, all right, time to murder this man. And... As the smoke clears, Gizmo Duck's like, tennis, anyone? And he's got a tennis racket. So then it's implied that Gizmo Duck just bracketed all of the <laughs> bullets away. But he's got a tennis racket, a garbage can lid, and a boxing glove. He's truly a great hero, as you can see. So great that as soon as the Eggmen see that he is not killed by their hail of bullets, that they immediately retreat. They try to, to run out of there, but... Gizmoduck chases them and grabs onto the bumper of the egg and proclaims. Surrender, foul fiends! You cannot escape from Gizmoduck! Until a cannon pops out of the back of the egg thing. And he's like, oh, I could be wrong. But he's blasted by a cannonball that is as big as he is. From a cannon that's about the nozzle of the cannon is like the size of his head. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. He just so yeah, he just gets beaten up. <laughs> like the whole like first like four minutes of this episode is just him in extreme pain. The whole episode. A whole episode he's just getting the snot kicked out of him. Yeah, but he always bounces back. Speaking of bouncing, but he yeah, he, he gets blasted away by this giant cannonball. That could not possibly fit in that cannon and smashes through billboards and then he of course he lands in a minefield a billboard because of course that had he does. a human on it might i add yes yes a human drinking a, a cola so upsetting very upsetting it's always very cursed when humans appear in darkwing duck 
so yeah, so he lands in a minefield, and of course the cannonball rolls onto a mine and sets it off because of course it does. And that's, I guess, that's how they get away because he explodes himself. And then we get our little bit of exposition with bulldog army man Jim Cummings telling Gizmoduck all about the egret, which I try to write it down because I keep writing egret like the bird. Gizmoduck says, Egret, as in small, fat bird with a long, thin beak? No, egret, as in experiment general retaliatory transport. The deadliest weapon our lamb boys could hatch. It works on land, on the sea, or in the air. Who downloaded Hmm. And wouldn't that be Egert? <laughs> no Egerts. <laughs> no it's like Egerts. no reg- no regerts. <laughs> so that's our bit of a stretch for our abbreviation of whatever that is. And he's like, oh, it works on land, on sea, or in the air. And Giz just goes, who does it? Which <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah, so that's our, our bit of exposition there. They're going to apparently show it off at an air show in St. Canard. They're concerned about Darkwing. and I was surprised oh. that the canine, whatever, army guy actually acknowledged Darkwing. Say, did you say St. Canard? Yes, home of Darkwing Duck. I assume you've worked together. Has anyone ever actually recognized him as <laughs> anything in St. Canard? I think this is the first time just means that Darkwing has been going to that army base and sliding pamphlets about himself under the, this army guy's door. <laughs> Ismuduk very curtly says, Me? Work with that blanketed buffoon? Frankly, nobody even knows if he's a hero or a hood! Ooh. <laughs> so Gizmoduck already throwing a shade on Darkwing. And then we hi-ho Gizmo away! And he reverses away. Because, of course, he does. It just plows down the center of a highway, sending cars screeching in every direction as he reverses towards St. Canard. And he's monologuing to himself as he does so. It's time for me, Gizmoduck, as he bounces behind a Welcome to Duckburg billboard that has a big Scrooge McDuck on it. And he comes out the other side as Fenton with a giant suitcase. He's like, it's just, he's just going for it. I really think this is like maybe two minutes into the episode or maybe a minute into the episode. It's just been rapid fire and it doesn't slow down and it doesn't slow down. It's a very, <laughs> it's a good cutaway because he says it's time for Frank Crackshell to drop in on my old pal Launchpad McQuack. And it's immediate scene change to Launchpad going, did somebody call my name? And Darkwing goes, I did. That would be quiet. <laughs> I thought it was really good. It was really funny. Because it's just like he's standing in the middle of this warehouse. It's the implication is that he's just standing around, sneaking around with Launchpad, and Launchpad's like, "Huh, what? Somebody <laughs> say my name? Shut up! <laughs> just me." That's pretty, pretty good. This actually, this episode has it's it's weird. I wouldn't say across the board it has really good animation, but there are parts of this episode that are very well animated. This part I think is an example of that because there's some really nice dynamic shadows on Darkwing as he's sneaking around in this little location here, trying to find out information on Fowl, and he winds up finding um, Dealbeak or Beakpuss or... I thought this episode was originally a Disney Australia animated one because of the animation, and also there was a lot of 
points in the episode where they were on model and they looked really mm. good. But it was actually Disney Japan, mm. which I thought was interesting. It was interesting. A few points in this episode, I'm like, wow, this looks really good, which not always the case in Dark Green Dugger, especially cartoons of this era. They even gave them at random points in time little eye shines on their eyes. Usually they just have the the black dots for eyes, but mm. there was like a few scenes, usually when it was Fenton Crackshell on screen with Drake, they both had the little eye shines. And there was a lot of expressiveness in the characters in this episode too, with a lot of extra movement and flourishes. Fenton was always moving, it felt like like always just like like looking side to side or you know Darkwing had a lot of big motions it was it's very it was a good one it was really I I enjoyed it I enjoyed the craft I actually recognized some of the poses in the episode key poses of the animation from model sheets Mm. there was one in particular where do you remember we were discussing the fearsome five model sheet and they circled Drake Mallard and they were like this is what Negaduck looks like but in costume. Mm-hmm. That exact pose was used in this episode. Mm. I did not pick up on that. It does not surprise me they did their homework these animators. Mm-hmm. Yeah they definitely studied the model sheets and I don't know I, I like it. I like it when the episodes are really on model because when you pause it those really make for good screenshots. And I didn't notice any coloration errors or anything like that, which not typically the case either. <laughs> yeah, good job, Disney Japan. Good job. You did it, guys. You did it 30 years ago, but <laughs> damn if you didn't do it well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Darkwing finds Steelbeak's dry cleaning bill with his name and address on it, because of course, and so they go to the, the hideout. And in this episode, Steelbeak's hideout is a bowling alley. <laughs> At this particular scene, he's looking a little thick. I don't know. He, he gets thinner later on, but he's looking a little thick here. <laughs> and so Steelbeak is going over his plan, as as villains are wont to do. And Darkwing is like, I'm going in. But instead of coming out of the door that he came, like, went in, he just straight up crashes through the ceiling. Just breaks through the roof. Like, through metal. (laughs) Just like, whoa. But he whistles before he shows up. So through the roof, before he smashes through it, he whistles to alert Steelbeak to his presence. Of course, is immediately trounced by Steelbeak. And then... Was there an I Am the Terror in this one? There is, but there isn't. Oh, okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. So, but in, definitely not here. So Darkwing, of course, gets you know smashed by Steelbeak, and then Steelbeak just straight up uses an Eggman's head for a battering ram to break down an emergency exit, which probably shouldn't be locked to begin with, because it's a fire code. And then they retreat into the sewers. Oh, okay, we are As on the move. Does. As one does. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good move because Launchpad and Darkwing don't think to look there and Steelbeak literally just hangs out down there at the end of the ladder with his goons eavesdropping on them. (laughs) Steelbeak is just like the master of sneaking, I guess. He's very good at manipulating situations and being a puppet master in the background. He's very good at not being detected (laughs) while being right on top of people or under them in this case. Uh, so then he hatches a plan to pick Darkwing Duck and Gizmoduck against each other. 
and uh, congratulates himself with a, oh, am I clever? <laughs> and then we head over to uh, the Mallard residence where Goslin and Honker. I was wondering where this one was. I did not remember it was this episode, but they're watching Nightmare on Pelican's Island, <laughs> which is a slasher version of Pelican's Island. It starts with, no, put down that machete. There's just a lot of screaming. There are chopping noises of a machete yes. into a body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And they just sit alone. And then, of course, you know, Darkwing Launchpad come in. But there's an alert that sounds to let them know, I guess, that they're coming in, which I, I don't remember that happening ever before. But Darkwing is just fuming as soon as he gets into the house and straight up slams the door smack dab right into Goslin's face, like <laughs> literally hits her in the face with the door. He's going on about how there's no time to lose and they have to find Steelbeak. And of course, Ding Dong. Who's at the door? Who's at the door indeed? And it's everyone's favorite bean counter slash accountant slash whatever his job is in Darkwing Duck, Fenton Crackshell. And he and Launchpad have a interesting secret handshake song and dance. There's no, I don't really think there is a handshake involved, but there's a lot of dancing around each other and making noises and... Launchpad! Drake watches on furiously. Goslin looks absolutely amazed. And Honkar seems delighted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the only the only way you can react to when two full-grown men start speaking in tongues and making a circle around each other. <laughs> and Fenton immediately crosses every boundary and gives Drake a nickname, which is Drake-a-Rooney. He does say it's no in regard to their house. He's like, it's no McDuck Manor. Lunchbus says Fenton and I used to work for the same guy. So I guess we're kind of we're keeping some of the continuity of DuckTales here. It's not really ever discussed and it seems like it's a no that Launchpad knows that Fenton is Gizmo Duck. I was just gonna ask, I don't remember if he knew in the original series. He doesn't. He certainly didn't come off as if he did in this episode, but I yes. guess it's always possible that Launchpad is easily confused and maybe he forgot or something. I don't know. I don't know. He, he is comparable to cottage cheese in the show Bible, so. Launchpad says, Fenton and I used to work for the same guy. That must have been fun. It's just so salty from the, the jump in this one. It's fantastic. And Fenton wanders around the house and accidentally triggers the spinning chairs and that's one of the scenes where it's like his hair ruffles and like the wind kicks up and he just kind of looks around real quick and he's like, is there a breeze in here? Look at all this animation going on. Look at you guys go. And of course, Launchpad pulls the old, well, why don't you stay here? Because I, Fenton gives, you know, a basic, oh, I have to be in town and business for the air show and but doesn't really explain why. So Launchpad invites him to stay, and naturally Darkwing drags him into the kitchen to remind him of the premise of the show, that he has a secret identity and that he shouldn't invite random people. But doesn't matter. Fenton's already basically moved in. He's <laughs> wearing Drake's bathrobe. He's sitting on the couch with the kids. He's watching the Nightmare on Pelican Island, and when they come back in and start talking, he goes, Fenton, uh, old pal, I, uh, this is the part where Pelican dices up the fat guy. And did I ever tell you how I hate being called little buddy? Hate it. Hate it. 
Hey, turn that down. <laughs> and then we hear, I'm pretty sure it's Rob Paulson going, have I ever told you how I hate being called little buddy? Hate it. And then you're like a whack. It's like, hate it. Wow! Like Jesus, <laughs> and is covering her eyes. The kid who loves this stuff is so scared; she's covering her eyes. They had so much fun writing this episode. You could tell. I want to know who wrote that in because it was so funny. <laughs> it is. It was good. It's like, oh my gosh! I remembered that there was a nightmare on Pelicans Island, but I did not remember it was this episode, which makes it even funnier. Drake is like. Is that my robe you're wearing? Yeah, but don't worry, it's clean. Uh, care for a caramel yummy lump? Lunch pad! What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I guess he was assuming that Drake Fenton was, was wearing... wearing a dirty robe. Yeah, he was worried that Fenton was stuck with a dirty robe instead of a clean one. So he's saying, don't worry, okay. it is clean. <laughs> To have the confidence of Fenton Cragshaw walking into a stranger's house to just help yourself to anything and everything. And then offer a caramel yummy lump to the people yes. in the house who own the food. <laughs> who bought the food. Also, a caramel yummy lump. I, would, I think I could go for a caramel yummy lump right I would, now. I would like to try a caramel yummy lump. Seems more palatable than a coconut burger if it is just, you know, half a coconut and, and ground beef. But... We'll we'll work on a, a caramel yummy lump recipe, everybody. Thankfully, domestic bliss is interrupted by crime. Isn't it always? It sure is. Of course, we get, there's a lot of unison things that happen in this next scene because it's, well, this looks like for a job for, huh? What were you saying? And they're like, oh, no, 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 you go ahead. And they're like talking at the same time because they're both heroes, guys. Oh, my God. Hmm. This looks like a job for, what did you say? Nothing. Oh. Good. Never mind. So they both dash off to do hero work. But Fenton, as he's running out the door with his giant suitcase, he's like, if you order out for pizza, hold the anchovies. And uh, smacks Drake in the face with the door as he's leaving. And when he closes it, Darkwing is behind the door, looking like he just got smacked in the face, which I thought was fun. Like, that's a fun transition because it was Drake Mallard and now it's Darkwing Duck. It's pretty great. And then as Fenton is running away, he says his code words. But this is something that I've noticed as well in the whole Gizmoduck thing. It's that there doesn't seem to be a right answer as to what his code word is, because I have seen it as both blabbering Blatherskite, which I think is what is in the show Bible for Darkwing Duck. But he says blathering Blatherskite in this episode. And I don't remember, I haven't watched Super DuckTales in so long that I don't remember what the code word Gyro gives him originally is. But I think it's blathering. I'm pretty sure it's blathering. That's how I've always known it. Yeah, but it definitely was blabbering Blatherskite in the show Bible for Darkwing Duck because I noticed that. Interesting. So, anyway, yeah, yes. So, Fenton is, is now no longer Fenton Cragshell. He's now Gizmodark. And we have Steelbeak, big evil plan here put into motion. He has movie theater, uh, an Eggman wearing a Darkwing cape and hat, holding a bomb and monologuing to the people outraged on the street. And this is where we get our I am the terror. But it's Steelbeak doing his Darkwing impression for a megaphone as the Eggman hams it up. He does a really good job. Eggman and Steelbeak. I think they could probably take over for Darkwing in a pinch if they needed to. Steelbeak's I am the terror. Is Windshield. I am the cotton swab that gets stuck in your 
but he's pretty good at this. Very relatable. Yeah, he put he put some effort into it. He thought went up, and uh, it was pretty on par with what the uh, original would say. So I've had a five for Beak Puss. He did pretty good. We have Darkwing on an adjacent rooftop watching in horror, and of course, you know his priorities remain in check. That he's outraged. This is terrible. Those imposters are ruining my image. I'd never wear a cape that wrinkled. He's menacing a street full of people with a bomb, but the cape is wrinkled. So yeah, he swings in, saves the day, basically. Knocks the Eggman out immediately, and the bomb gets knocked over to Steelbeak, and, and Steelbeak knocks him out, and leaving him with the bomb. So he's caught red-handed by Gizmoduck with the bomb. And Gizmoduck's uh, arrival is announced by the crowd, screaming, Yay! It's Gizmoduck! <laughs> and he says, I would have been here sooner, but I didn't have exact change for a toll booth. Oh, Gizmoduck. He needs easy pass. So, <laughs> he goes up there and immediately starts sassing on Darkwing. And he says to him, which Darkwing immediately calls him on, which I was glad for, because he says, Okay, but if you're not a crook, how come you're wearing a mask? Hey, 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 let's not get personal, helmet head. It came with the outfit, but enough repartee. Give me that. No! This bold talk from a guy in a helmet, and that's uh, basically what Darkwing says to him. He just goes, it came with the outfit. So, you can't wear a mask, apparently, in Gizmoduck's world, if you're a hero. Hanging around too many beagle boys. See? That's what it is. And then it turns into a, a prolonged bit of wabbit season, duck season, trying to get rid of this bomb. Oh, no, you don't. I'll take care of it. Oh, no, I'll take care of it. Give it to me. Steelbeak is just watching them through binoculars. <laughs> it's like, okay. And of course, they do dispose of the bomb, blows a hole in the, the roof of the theater, where they kind of dangle down there. And Gizmutuk is like, Gee, you never saw how this one ends. They shoot the dog in the last act. What? Did I spoil it for you? is one of my favorite lines of this episode. It kills me every single time. It's like Gizmoduck thinks that Darkwing killed the dog. It's like the way that he yells at him is so good. Oh, poor Gizmoduck got old yeller ruined for him. They crash down to the ground because of course they do. And I liked the Gizmoduck was trying to right himself and he's like, and now for you, you... Yoo-hoo! Because <laughs> he lost him. He didn't know where he went. And Darkwing's making his way out because he's got more important things to do than talk to Gizmoduck. There was a lot of alliteration from Gizmoduck, too, if I recall correctly. Yes, he has quite a way with words. He definitely is a wordsmith. Much more than I am currently, I suppose. I didn't write any of them down. <laughs> I had considered compiling a list of them because there was quite a few and they were pretty funny. Maybe I will make an audio compilation and put it into the Oh, episode. please do. I would love that. The only gift you're getting is the booby prize. Defender of the downtrodden, guardian of the good, Gizmo Duck! So, until then, it's up to me to foil Fowl's offenses. Could I have crushed that mercurial malcontent? Freeze, you felonious fraud! Don't move a feather, you felon! Drat, you Darkwing Duck! Though I still think your crime-fighting style is disreputable, disturbed, and possibly deviant. So, of course, now that everybody's like, oh, Gizmoduck saved us from Darkwing Duck, who is going to blow up this movie theater. And there's like a parade for him, and it's on TV, and he just looks so pleased with himself. But in addition to looking so pleased with himself during the parade and getting the key to the city and all that stuff, 
Fenton is also sitting on the couch in the Mallard house, looking super pleased with himself. He just looks so excited. <laughs> He's like, wow, I'm great. Aren't I great? And that's where the uh, aforementioned cheerleaders came in. Apparently there was a lot of very grateful cheerleaders. You've made me feel so darn welcome. With all the parades, the awards, the cheerleaders. Especially the cheerleaders. Especially the cheerleaders. <laughs> Fenton Crackshell, you dog. I think Fenton calls Gizmoduck a polished professional, and Drake has a minor aneurysm. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I don't... As much as I love Gizmoduck, I, I wouldn't say that he's a polished anything. <laughs> he's kind of... He kind of just bumbles his way through everything, which is a big part of the charm. But it's funny that Fenton thinks that he's very efficient at what he does. He does get the results, but he's also, you know, did just have to drag himself out of a movie theater seating arrangement covered in chairs. We had a really good Drake line here, too. Drake, in general, had some really funny lines in this episode, but did you write this one down? But you go for it. I think it was right around this part where Drake's like, If I want to watch a clown, I'll tune in a congressional hearing. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, no, I didn't make note of that one because, for, yeah, from there, he just, he starts raging about Gizmo Duck and it's like, if you take him out of the suit, what do you have? And Launchpad just goes, a naked guy with goosebumps? <laughs> He's speaking, speaking the truth, of course. We have another interesting food item brought up in this scene, too, is because Fenton is eating pistachio prune ice cream. I'd try it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever had a prune... So then Darkwing returns to the movie theater and finds a newspaper clipping about the air show or the egret. He goes, oh, English feather and smells it. And he's like, oh, Steelbeak's cologne. I'm like, why do you know what Steelbeak's cologne smells like, Darkwing? He smells all his villains. He's very <laughs> thorough. <laughs> Are you even fighting crime if you don't get a good nose full? I mean, come on. So English feather, everyone. What, what do you think English feather smells like? Probably a really pungent, expensive cologne that still manages to smell like every other cologne, no matter the price. All cologne mm. smells bad. I would say it probably smells like wood and a little bit of disappointment. So as Darkwing is up on the roof admiring the smell, remembering the, the olfactory connection he has with Steelbeak, Gizmoduck is just floating down the street. He's got, you know, he's got his little helmet helicopter going, but he's just like buzzing the street as people cheer for him. Just not doing anything, just, I guess, patrolling, but mostly just existing to piss off Darkwing. They do go to where the egret is being held. Gizmoduck? Yeah, Gizmoduck gets there first. And Darkwing shows up, and immediately they're just squabbling with each other. Like, Steelbeak is already there. He's hiding. He's just literally standing behind a box behind them, just, like, watching them like a tennis match as they're just squabbling with each other, like Grizzly Cough He's brandishing a gun at the same time, too. Isn't it like a automatic semi-rifle? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know my yeah. guess. <laughs> yes, he's, he is armed, and he is just enjoying his handiwork. Really, it is just kind of a rehashing of bad tidings with Gizmoduck. It draws a line on the ground, and he's like, don't cross this line, and Darkwing ballet dances over it. <laughs> so it's just, they just are completely done with each other and going for each other's throat, and Darkwing attempts to murder Gizmoduck by pushing every single thing that is in this warehouse on top of his head. 
that Gizmoduck does not die. So, but he did attempt it. So I feel like if this wasn't Darkwing Duck, Gizmoduck would be dead right now. And he does seem very pleased with himself as he does that too. <laughs> He's like dusting his hands off real proud. And then we cut over to Steelbeak as he just kind of like, well, they're fighting each other. I'm just going to super tiptoe past them as they're fighting. Just nobody's paying attention to him at all. It's just super sneaky. As we see the the heroes again, made me laugh because they're just they're just beating the crap out of each other. So the Gizmoduck's tire is flat. So he's just kind of like wobbling around as they circle each other. And Darkwing's hat is on fire. And his arm, his arm is in a sling. He's like, oh, have you had enough? And Darkwing's like, I'm just getting. And he starts trying to blow his hat out. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. I don't know. He's like, I'm just getting warmed up. And then, of course, Steelbeak is like, uh, hi, guys. I've been here the whole time. Remember me? I'm now in this giant egret and I'm going to kill you. Hey, very nice. And I mean that. Let's give our celebrity dancers a hand, ladies and gentlemen. Not a lot of style, but hey, they gave it all they got, right? That's Steelbeak. And he's stealing the egret. Not a bad plan, I have I to say. Very effective. It certainly worked like a charm. So yeah, then they are like, oh my gosh, Steelbeak is in the egret, and Darkwing's like, Well, welcome to the program! Rude. He's true. It's right. It's, I mean, whatever. And of course we have bird-themed weaponry on this egret and the yoke bomb, and it just explodes yoke everywhere. It's kind of gross. Where did they get all that yolk? How many eggs would they need to use to make that much yolk? How many eggs did they have to crack to make that omelet, I'll tell you. Yeah, so it just basically fills up the whole hangar that they're in. Yeah, and like, all right, well, I guess I'll just let you asphyxiate yourselves. Goodbye, <laughs> I've won. But of course, as Gizmoduck whip out his helicopter blades and turns all of the yolk into meringue, which I don't really think you can do without sugar, but I'll allow it. And uh, so they, they get out and... Gizmoduck is like, oh, I'm sorry, I doubted you. You really are a true hero, and hoses him down. Where are you going? After Steelbeak, where else? I'll follow you. Not on that flat tire, you won't. No, wait, you're too heavy. Oopsie. So then Gizmoduck just leaps into the sidecar <laughs> of the rat catcher, and he just tips the whole thing over. <laughs> Because he's in a giant suit. I kind of wish that they had kept it and they were just in the, the sidecar with Darkwing like, in the air driving it. It's really funny. Instead, they just put a spare tire on Gizmoduck that's huge. So he's just got this giant spare tire on him. And they rush after Steelbeak and they catch up to him through some aerodynamic stunts. And they get to the egret Darkwing going to the cockpit to stop Beakpuss and his tracks. And Gizmoduck is supposed to take out the egret. And they actually agree, too. So they work very well here. I'll take care of the plane! You take care of Steelbeak! Exactly what I was thinking! After most of this episode, it wraps up pretty quickly from here. But basically, you know, Darkwing goes in front Steelbeak. Steelbeak actually takes his gas gun and bites it in half. <laughs> like, oh, okay. This time you bit off more than you can chew. We'll see about that. Mm. Well, glad to see you're getting enough fiber. 
So Darkwing is having his little struggle with Steelbeak in the cockpit and Gizmoduck is having issues with gravity and every other thing, but the, he does manage to rip all the wires out of the egret and the egret crashes to the ground and as it hits the ground, door pops open and Steelbeak saunters out looking very proud of himself and then just collapses. <laughs> like oh good he's been beaten and then Gizmoduck is like oh Darkwing you did it and Darkwing wanders out also looking very pleased with himself and then he too also collapses (laughs) it's pretty pretty good I liked it that was their grand saving the day and we head back to Mallard residence where it seems as if Drake has finally accepted that Gizmoduck is not so bad things deteriorate entirely back into petty squabbling when Etten talks about how great Gizmoduck is say Looks like Gizmo Duck saved the day again, don't it? Gizmo Duck. The way I hear it, Darkwing Duck cracked this case. Ah! Darkwing Duck was lucky Gizmo Duck let him come along for the ride. No, oh, what do you know? More than you, Buster. You do not. You do. You do not. You do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet. You bet. And then as they're screaming at each other. Goslin, Hunker, and Launchpad just straight up leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like, they all just get up, walk out, and we pan out as we see Drake and Fenton's shadows wildly gesticulating as we pan away from the house. Some say they're still arguing to this day. (laughs) This day, you can still hear them. So yeah, so that was Tiff of the Titans. It was a good episode. I, I have no complaints about it lots of funny lines good animation it's a continuity episode i think in the episode guide i have on our website i placed it as one of the watch earlier episodes simply because it is the first time that gizmo deck and darkwing meet and i feel like their relationship changes after this because gizmo duck is way friendlier in the later episodes mm-hmm. Yes. At this one, he is, he's on the fence about Darkwing. He thinks that he's a criminal or at least not as on the up and up. But every other appearance after this, he's just like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Always very ready and willing to work with him until Darkwing is Darkwing and he gets annoyed. Yes, it's good. So out on the quackware freshness scale, I would rate it a five out of five. How about you? I was going to say either a four and a half out of five or a five out of five. I think a five out of five was good for me because, you know, Gizmoduck and it didn't have herb otherwise it would be higher naturally <laughs> it's a solid one I mean the again the animation's really good I feel like the the writing was pretty was really solid it was funny there was a lot of fun visual gags and Steelbeak I think is a very good villain for a scenario like this mm-hmm. because he basically just steps back and lets them destroy themselves and just swoops in and does his evil anyway he, you know, other characters would have to be more involved. Like if this was a Megavolt episode, I feel like we wouldn't get as much of Darkwing and Gizmoduck clashing, which is where the fun is in this episode. I think Steelbeak is the definition of work smarter, not harder. You know, mm-hmm. the Scrooge Maduck line, because he's a smart character for the most part, but he's not he doesn't really like to get his hands dirty. Like if there's a chance where he can get someone else to do it for him or the characters themselves to do it for him, he sets up that scenario and basically saves himself the time and the energy of having to do it all himself. Yeah, he'd rather manipulate people than break a sweat. Mm -hmm. So there we go, guys. It's Maduck! 
There's only Gizmoduck crossovers. I think it was three or four episodes of the series. Yeah, there's this one. There's the Justice Justice Ducks one and two. I think that might be it. No, there's the one with Megavolt and the horseshoes. Up, up and awry, I want to Oh, up, up and awry. And then he is in um, Darkwing Doubloon. Yes. So there we go. Well, those are the next few episodes we'll be watching now. <laughs> no. Oh, but we had discussed before, since we're heading into spooky season, did you want to break away from the wheel and watch scary episodes, quote unquote? Yes. Or we could make a wheel at some point with a bunch of scary episodes on it. Just take all of the Morgana episodes and the haunting of Mr. Banana Brain. That's the exact ones I had in mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are going to be doing some spookiness. Let's take a spin out a wheel. Fungus Among Us. We get to see Morgana. Yeah. Cool beans. Alrighty, so next episode we will be watching Fungus Among Us to kick off our October spooky times. Yay! Feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I'm down with that. I I like me some Halloween. Yeah, and Morgana, as always, uh, good. More Morgana. Morgana all the time. Alright, so we will do that. We will catch you guys later with Fungus Among Us. Anything else for the peoples, Ange? Not really. I'm just still spinning from the Nintendo Direct in which we have discovered (laughs) that. that, What do we have here? Jack Black as Bowser and Chris Pratt as Mario. (laughs) Beautiful. Mamma mia. Here Uh, we go again. Can you imagine (laughs) they announced the Darkwing Duck reboot and it's just like this. They just drop a bunch of voice actors and we're like, what's going on? What's happening? Let's just just wing it real quick. So we've got Darkwing Duck reboot. We've got... Annie DeVito is Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Goslin Mallard, played by Ariana Grande. We've got Launchpad McQuack, played by, oh, what's his name? James Corden. <laughs> Who else? They need a villain. Uh, so Negaduck will just be Annie DeVito in a wig. <laughs> Morgana can be Elvira. Oh, yes. Cassandra Peterson, Bicon. And Honker Muddlefoot will be... What's his face? Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Just Pika Pika. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan I Reynolds. think you mean. <laughs> but I would rather it be Pikachu. Her muddle foot is um, Jason Momoa. Binky will be Amy Adams. And Tank will be Bingo the Wonder Dog. That's, that's, that's the, the cast. cast. That's it, so... Here we go. Hollywood, you're welcome. I will be sure to watch the mail for my royalty check. We're living in a cursed timeline, but until next time, guys, uh, remember that crime doesn't sleep and neither do we. Bye-bye. See you next time. <laughs>